Vayoyme Hashem El Moishe. Boy El Paroy, ki ani hechbadati es liboy, ve es live avodov. The Abish tells Moishe Rabbeinu, Boy El Paroy, come. Ki ani hechbadati es liboy, I hardened his heart. The real translation of COVID is wait. Ich habe ein Rupgewäuges an Herz. Schwer gemacht. Wer ist live auf Wodow? Le man schießi oi soi sei eile bekirboi. There's makis that are still supposed to come. We haven't finished the full menu of makis. O le man te sape be osne vincho u ven bincho. And so that it will be told by you around the cider table into the ears of your sons and your sons' sons. Eis ashe his alalti b'mitzrayim, that which I mocked the Mitzrayim. His alalti gespet. Ve'esoisoi sai ashe samti bom, vidatem ki ani Hashem. A very powerful word over here is eis ashe his alalti b'mitzrayim. I want to introduce the concept with a mushal. As everyone here is well aware, you cannot really make anything out of pure gold. Pure gold has a tendency to fall on itself. It's a soft metal, which means if you would make a piece of jewelry, a sculpture, anything out of pure gold, the gold would collapse on itself. Rather, all gold jewelry and all gold sculptures are alloys. And that's why you have white gold, red gold, you can even have purple gold. Different metals that you mix into the gold in order to give it stability. This is a yesoy to anyone who ever touched gold knows. So in order to keep gold stable, you have to create an alloy. You have to mix it with other metals. And that's why you have all different, pure gold is gold. It has only one color. But the reason why gold has different colors is the different metals that you mix into it. Imagine a king. He calls in a couple of people into his office. And he gives them each a piece of gold. And he tells them, take the piece of gold. Start working on it. In a month... I want to see what each one of you did. Unbeknownst to the people who walked into the king's office, not everyone received the same kind of gold. Some of them received alloys, which were workable gold. Others received pure gold. No matter what they would do, nothing really could have been formed out of them. But they didn't know this. They all go into the workstation, the same room, and they start working on the gold. Some of them start sculpturing beautiful sculptures. Some of them start making beautiful pieces of jewelry. And some of those who receive the pure gold, they start to sweat. They try to make something out of it. And whatever they try, they somehow fail. And they can't understand why they cannot succeed when the others are doing such beautiful pieces. 
Of course, the first day, they think, you know, maybe today we were tired or shocked by being in the king's palace. The second day, they try again. By the third day, when they see that they cannot do anything, they start becoming nervous. They start looking over their shoulders. Look what beautiful pieces of jewelry the other people are making. Look at the sculptures, the crowns, the wagons, the carriages. The people that are starting to make these beautiful sculptures are looking at those that are failing and they're so proud of themselves. Look how talented we are. We are managing to create such beautiful pieces while they cannot succeed. They start deep down. When they talk to each other, they give them chizik, a clap of the pleitzer. Don't worry, it's not canon. But deep down, when they go to bed at night, they feel proud of themselves. We are talented. We know how to turn gold into sculptures while half the people don't know how to do it. After three weeks, the people that are failing, they don't sleep at night anymore. The whole day they can only think about their failure, their stupidity, their lack of talent. They're almost ashamed to come to work. They start to cover their face. The others that are still producing the beautiful jewelry, they're walking around with a smile from face to face, extremely proud of themselves. After the month, the king calls them all in to the palace. And the people that fail, they don't even let the king talk. They're so worried, they start to cry. They say, we tried. We really, really tried. We don't know. Maybe we're unskilled. Maybe we're untalented. We tried. The king smiles to them and the king tells them, You never had the chance in the first place. I had given you pure gold. I didn't care from the beginning what you were going to make out of it. I just wanted you to give it your best shot. When you were looking over your shoulders and looking how the other people are producing the beautiful pieces of sculpture and jewelry and you began to cry and worry and felt yourself as failures, I was sitting here with my ministers and I was crying along. Why are you looking over your shoulders? As long as you tried your best, and that's all I ever wanted from you, I never thought that you will be able to, to reduce out of this gold, jewelry and sculptures, it never had a chance in the first place. All I wanted to see is how much heart, how much you cared, and the sleepless nights that you had because you couldn't produce. And then the king turns to the other ones that made the beautiful pieces of jewelry. He told them, I gave you something that you almost couldn't fail. With 18 karat gold, how hard would it have been to succeed? I mean, you have to be an, almost an idiot to fail. You succeeded not because of your hard work. You succeeded because of the quality of the gold that I gave you. When I was sitting with my ministers and watching, I didn't understand the emotion that was going through your heart. Instead of gratitude, instead of thankfulness for having been given the alloy that's easy to work with, 
I saw pride. I saw gather. I even saw that even in your rachpunas to the others was laced with gather. And I was shocked up here in heaven. I'm sitting in my palace. Instead of you guys being grateful, you guys were proud. But not proud in a good way. Proud in a cunning way. Patting yourselves on the back on how talented you are versus the other people. Of course, the nimshal is push it. HaKadosh Baruch sends down the Shomas on this world. Many in the Shomas, by nature, like to fit in. Many in the Shomas, by nature, like to do what's right. They just do it. You don't have to do much. They will succeed anyway, as Rabbi Shamsar Ful says. This is the 90% of the people that HaKadosh Baruch sends down in this world. Then he sends down 10% of struggling Neshomas. Extremely difficult. Neshomas that don't fit in. Neshomas that constantly find it difficult to be part of the general society. And the parents are given all these children and they all try to raise them. The parents that are giving the easy ones, they almost couldn't fail. Regardless what they did, the child still grows up to be mainstream, still does what's right, and the parent starts feeling all proud about himself, how talented he is, and how much quality he has done, and starts patting himself on the back. And the parent of the struggling child starts questioning everything he ever did. We can almost imagine the malukhan on that world crying with the second group of parents and mocking the first group of parents. To the second group of parents, the Nishmalukham are saying, the Ibishta never expected that you will be able to bring out the result. But Rahmuna Liberboya, the only thing Akonish Bochu was checking is a good parent is not judged at the outcome. A good farmer maybe may perhaps checked on the outcome. A good painter can perhaps be checked on the outcome. A good parent is just a good parent because he's a good parent. That's it. You tried, you did. Your utmost, that makes you a good parent. And that's all you had to do. I never thought you're going to have the perfect outcome because I knew what I gave you in the first place. And to those parents that succeeded so beautifully with the easy children, HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, how did you even pat yourself on the back once? Why didn't you go every night to bed crying in gratitude of thankfulness that you were given such an easy job, such an easy neshama? What the Irish is telling Moshe Rabbein today is something so shocking. He's telling Moshe Rabbein, you tried Dam, you tried Sefadaya, you tried Kinnam, you tried Deva, Uroiv, Deva, Shechin, Burad. You just tried and tried and tried. The Moshe Rabbeini, the greatest man that ever walked earth. And you see no results. You see no results. And you're asking yourself, what kind of person am I if I try every angle and nothing changed? And the Irish that tells Moshe Rabbeini, the product that you got never had the chance in the first place to change. It never had the chance to change. Why? I was mocking them. They never had the chance to change in the first place. Why I sent you there? I want your children and your grandchildren to know that there was a time when there was a people for whichever reason in the world HaKadosh Baruch decided to take away their Bechira 
And then HaKadosh Baruch Hu called them Moshe Rabbeinu and told them, I want putting you to work. Work on Paroi. And he worked with something that never had the chance in the first place to succeed. But that's not the job in this world. Our job in this world is to be Hazoyrim Bedimu even when it's not Berinu Yiktsoyri. Certain things in this world is Hazoyrim Bedimu. You work hard to build a house, Berinu Yiktsoyri, you have a house. You work hard to paint, Berinu Yiktsoyri, you have a beautiful painting. Even you go difficult to work, you get a paint check, we can kick in the choivus havuvus, whether it's connected or not. But certain things in this world, the Ibish de Vilna de Dimas, the Ibish de Vilna de Dmuas, a Vilna de Zoyrim Bedimu, that itself is the Gantzer Tachlis. And the Tachlis from Moshe Rabbeinu was just go to Paroi. I, Paroi, won't listen. That's none of your business. Your business is only go to Paroi. Your business is to do what's right, regardless of what the outcome will be.